Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. Welcome back to the Locked On Sports Network. I am Teron Davenport, your host with the most, here to bring you your daily dose of Eagles talk. You are now tuned in to the Locked On Eagles podcast. And what we're going to do today is just talk a little bit of technical details with practice. Being as though you're going to start seeing more 10-10-10 practices, and you're going to see that in the reports from us writers uh, reporting from practice, I want you to really understand exactly what is going on there. So we're going to take this podcast to dive into what that 10-10-10 means. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the tempo and coaching that is going on in Eagles practice. So right off the bat, what is 10-10-10? Well, it's pretty simple. It's just a format for practice. It cycles through 10 offensive plays, and then you have 10 defensive plays followed by 10 minutes of special teams work. So here's what happens, right? When you have each team, and when I say team, I'm talking about offense and defense. When you have each team, the offense goes through their 10 plays. Basically what, what's going on is it's set up for them to succeed on every play. So the defense more or less plays as a scout team. They give the offense the defensive look that they want. They don't really uh, press the receivers. They, they back off a bit, and they allow the offense really to see how each play is designed to work in a best-case scenario. That's how the, the tip sheet that the Eagles gave us, that's how they explain it. So basically the defense really just, like I said, gives them a look. It's one that they may see on game day, but it's just really a, a trial period where the offense can see how a play can be executed against different defensive looks, different coverages, formations, etc. The defense is not actively trying to defend the play. So that's the breakdown for offense on the initial part of the 10-10-10. So let's move on to the defense and just looking at that. When the defense has their 10 plays, the offense just the same. They act as a scout team. They run the routes and the they run to the particular holes uh, they they block and scheme whatever the defense needs to see. That's what the offense will give them, and pretty much the whole goal is to allow the defensive play to work to protection. So the guys are able to, you know, uh, pass a receiver from one zone to another. They're able to see how different stunts up front will work. They're able to see different coverages and things like that. So that's more or less the design for the defensive portion. Now, as I said, the offense just gives them a look, and it could be one that they can encounter during the game. So the 10-10-10 is something that you'll really see a lot of during the season and really as they begin to prepare for preseason games as well. you got the Bucks coming up in just over a week, so you'll begin to see at practice, you're going to see some of the looks that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense will give them, and the same thing for the offense. So that's more or less how that works. The final part of that 10-10-10, that's the 10-minute period for special teams work. So that gives them a chance to work on punt team, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return. You'll see field goals. And as you know, there's a competition between Cody Parkey and 
and the uh, the kicker Caleb Sturgis, Sturgis, excuse me, out of Florida. So those guys are going back and forth. Who knows who's going to win that competition? But that ten minute period, the final part of the ten ten ten, is an opportunity to see those guys go at it. Another thing that you get out of that final period of ten ten ten, the special teams part. That is, you get to see Josh Huff. You, you see Nelson Aguilar. These guys really show off their playmaking ability in kickoff returns. I've been really impressed with the way that they're able to put their foot in the ground and find a crease in in the coverage there and, and get upfield in a hurry. I've been really impressed, like I said, with those guys. And then Darren Sproles as well. It's something to watch him in person do these punt returns. This is my first year covering the Eagles after covering the, the Ravens and, and the 49ers. So I haven't really gotten a chance to see a premier punt returner like this. So it's really interesting watching Darren Sproles and, and some of the things that he's able to do. It's funny you know, when he runs upfield, his legs are kind of like pistons just churning over and over again. But just to get back on, on, on course here, we're going to look at that portion of practice that goes 10 10 10 now they don't do it that whole period of practice there's only portions and they make sure that they let the reporters know because it could be a little deceptive see one of the things you have to remember is that it's all set up for the particular unit to succeed so you'll see a quarterback throw bad passes an interception that he normally would not have thrown you know he's making a read that is favorable to the defense. So that's something to keep in mind as you begin to see some of these reports and and tweets coming out of practice. Not everything is is what the reporters are seeing. And I've fallen victim to that myself, uh, not knowing that it was a 10-10-10 period. So I've posted, hey, you know, so-and-so just made a great pick when in fact it wasn't really a great interception. It was something that was designed to happen. So always be careful what you see as far as the reports are concerned. In addition to that, you you won't be surprised if a corner gets beat. You know, uh, there were reports of Eric Rowe getting beat uh, during practice a couple of days ago, and really, it was designed for that to happen. So he didn't technically get beat. He gave up the play, yes, but it was what he was supposed to do. He was doing his job. You're going to say, well, wait, 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 time how is it his job to let the receiver catch the ball if he's a defensive back? And I, under normal circumstances, that's a really good question. But in this case, like I said, it, it's designed for the different periods to allow whatever unit whose period it is to succeed. Let's understand that. 10-10-10 practices, the goal is just to fine-tune the techniques and, and work on some of the finer details of the game, of the scheme that, that they're trying to execute. And that's not always something that can happen when guys are going hard on every play. You, you need to be able to crawl before you walk, so to speak, walk before you run, and that's how you do it, by executing the plays in live action but not – attempts to make plays by either unit. So we kind of beat that horse. That's the 10-10-10 part of it. Another thing I wanted to talk about was just the tempo. And when you look at the tempo of the practices, Doug Peterson said they want to go for three hours. That's the goal. And he, he said that, you know, that's how long you play. Now, obviously, he's not taking half time and 
the time in between quarters and, and TV timeouts and regular timeouts into account. But I can understand what he's getting at. He, he wants to make sure that these guys are going to have the endurance to last all four quarters. And that's something that really cost them last year as far as the tempo's concerned because they just were, were just going at it for a, a period of time. And both sides of the ball were getting tired. And you can't have that. So when you look at the way practice is going now, what they're doing is taking time between drills. They, they may take a minute or two. And, you know, that would give the guys a chance to, to get rested up, and then they go right at it. And one of the things I really like is how much time they're spending on special teams. And this is something from covering the Ravens last year. I saw it with uh, John Harbaugh, who was a special teams coach with the Eagles before he became the Ravens head coach. You know, in Baltimore, he focused so much on, on special teams, and it's no coincidence that between uh, Justin Tucker, Sam Cook. These are two of the best punters, best kickers in, in the NFL. Justin Tucker just signed a, a huge deal, and Cook has already been under contract. He was one of the Ravens' only pro bowlers last year. So when you focus on special teams and you make it a, a point to make that part of the the def- or the game itself uh, important, that's what you're, you're going to have. You're going to have success there. So that's another way that the – Eagles have been able to slow practice down. And even though it's three hours long in many cases, they're not going at it for the three full hours. So it almost simulates an actual game because you have downtime in between stations and in between periods. Another thing that I like that they're doing is the situational football. They are doing a lot of uh, periods where you have red zone seven on seven, you have red zone team, and this is really a good opportunity to allow the offense and defense to go at it. In the beginning, we mentioned the 10-10-10 format, and we talked about how this is where the offense or defense would let up a bit. Well, let me tell you something. When you get into the red zone and you're working the red zone drills, Offense wants to score. Defense wants to keep them from scoring. And that's when you really see it turned up. You see the the guys, the covers start to get a little bit tighter. You see them in the trenches banging just a little bit harder. And the quarterbacks, you know, the field is condensed. So you have to get a little more on the football to get it into those tight, tight spaces. And, And that's what you're seeing. So it's it's really interesting watching the the situational side of it. And that's something that the Eagles have worked on steadily so I, I appreciate that part of practice that the guys uh Doug Peterson and Frank Wright Jim Schwartz are, are executing and just getting back to that tempo side of it let me tell you a lot of the players are really happy that that tempo is not something that that's the fast break pace that it was last year under Chip Kelly you know whether it be Jason Peters I, I talked to Alan Barber the other day and he was just talking about how uh, obviously, the the tempo is something that requires more endurance and getting a chance to to practice differently at a, a more standard NFL pace has been good for both the offensive and defensive linemen. But one of the things he said, and it was a positive, is that when they want to go tempo during the game, it's already embedded in them. So there's good and the bad in the tempo from Chip Kelly and the Eagles last year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things are going to be executed when a game day comes. We have the preseason game coming up, so that's going to be interesting to watch the Eagles defense go against Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
the cornerbacks are going to be tested by uh, Mike Evans, and, and you have uh, a few guys on, on that team. Aussie Safari Jenkins is another one. Vincent Jackson. You know, there's guys on that team. Doug Martin is going to give the fans and, and the reporters and everybody a good opportunity to see exactly where this defense is and, and where they could go. So that's going to be a, a good GPS kind of kind of situation in, in a week or so. And we'll definitely bring you interviews from the locker room. We'll, we'll bring you analysis from that game for sure. But in the meantime, just looking at this practice, this is all that we have to gauge it from. So looking at the practices, the Eagles as a unit look pretty sharp. Their defense is, for the most part, ahead of the offense in practice, which is something that's to be expected because when you have a new scheme being installed, typically the defense is working at a faster pace as far as getting the system down than the offense. So it's going to take time, but eventually you'll see the offense come around with Sam Bradford as a quarterback. They have multiple weapons that they're trying to get the football to. So like I said, I just want to pop on here and just have a random conversation about practice is give you some of the things that that I've seen and what I've uh, really uh, taken to so that's the show folks quick hitter today just like I said just a, a random sit down I appreciate you tuning in we will be back tomorrow and I'll probably bring you some quarterback talk be sure to stay tuned we'll have something interesting for you to to listen to on that note, it's time to go. I am Teron Davenport, your host. I appreciate you tuning in. As always, be sure to check us out on Audio Boom, Locked on Eagles, and be sure to check out the work, the daily work that you can see online at theeagleswire.usatoday.com. I appreciate you tuning in once again. We are out of here. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.